In this episode of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. I'm in this house with ghosts. Let's just try to get through this together. Let's try to have a good time. I'm sure you like beer. If you don't, this is going to be shitty. I don't know. Welcome to episode 118 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast, and this is the final episode of Atrocious August. Yes, August is coming to a close. Pumpkin spice season is right around the corner. I have a question for you. Are the Spirit Halloween stores open in your area yet? Well, they are where I live, which is near San Diego, California, and talk about the... It's the most wonderful time of the year. Halloween stuff, it is slowly making its way onto the store shelves and straight into my heart and wallet. When the Halloween stuff starts hitting the stores, and there goes all of my money. Atrocious August, this episode is the final atrocious installment, and it's part of a brand new series of Bobcast episodes, which I'm calling Haunted Harmonies. Now, the Haunted Harmonies episodes work like this. We're going to discuss one haunted place. We'll talk about the history and the hauntings of said spectrally infested locations. Then we'll briefly talk to a band from the same area as the haunted location. We'll get the band's story, kind of who they are, their history, etc., a little bit. And keeping in line with the ghostly kind of theme of the episode, the person or people from the band of the episode will answer a couple of questions about ghosts and haunted places. It's really simple, really fun, short and spooky, just like we like it here on the Bobcast. The haunted place we're talking about in this episode is Via Montezuma. It's located in the Sherman Heights neighborhood of San Diego, California. And the band of the episode is Come Closer. They're kind of a newer band but they're filled with a few of San Diego's finest music people, veterans of the San Diego music scene, specifically kind of the punk scene in a way. Well, let's get right to it. I can't wait to talk to you about Via Montezuma because the place is crazy. It's very historic. It's very haunted, I believe, and a very creepy and cool place. And Come Closer is an amazing band. I'm really happy to help you get to know them a little bit better and their music in this episode. First up, a few words from this episode's sponsor, Good Life Digestive Health. Stay tuned, and then the Haunted Harmonies will commence. Ah, what a nice day at the beach. The sun is out, the water's warm, what a per... Oh no, not now, not now, not now, there's no bathroom here. Oh. I shouldn't have had all that coffee before I came to the beach. If you suffer from IBS, ulcerative colitis, diverticulitis, or any other type of gut or bowel disorder, Good Life Digestive Health has a full line of products that can help. With a wide range of dietary supplements and remedies designed to help with gut or bowel disorders, you can count on Good Life Digestive Health to help bring balance back to your unruly digestive system. Products such as the Digest Plus, Healthy Bowel Support, and Enteric-Coated Peppermint Oil Dietary Supplements, when used regularly, can help you make sure 
That day at the beach isn't cut short by an unruly digestive system. Good Life Digestive Health also has several kits that are made up of a variety of effective treatments for diverticulitis, ulcerative colitis, and irritable bowel syndrome. Simply go to goodlifedigestivehealth.com for more information. Remember, Good Life Digestive Health can help you bring back balance to your digestive system with their high-quality, natural, holistic remedies and nutritional products. Visit goodlifedigestivehealth.com today. Well, since I started using the products from Good Life Digestive Health, every day is like a day at the beach for my digestive system. Disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This information, products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to this very haunted Bobcast via Montezuma. It's located in the historic neighborhood of Sherman Heights in San Diego, California, near downtown San Diego specifically. Via Montezuma itself is an imposing structure. It's a Queen Anne-style mansion located on the corners of 20th and K Streets. The neighborhood that it's in, Sherman Heights, is very historic. It's an older neighborhood, and maybe it's seen better days in some ways. Sherman Heights gets its name from land developer Matthew Sherman, who bought the land that is now Sherman Heights in 1867. The neighborhood is bordered by the Interstate 5 freeway to the west and State Route 94, which is also a little freeway to the north. The neighborhood's known to be a little bit on the rough side. Gang activity is something that supposedly happens quite frequently in the area with the Grant Hill Park Gang, or Sherman GHP, and another gang simply called San Jose, those are considered rival gangs. Notably, Sherman Heights is the birthplace of the electronic rock group Prayers, who are a self-described cholo goth band led by Sherman Heights native Rafi or Rafael Reyes. My opinion, Sherman Heights is an incredible neighborhood. It's very culturally diverse. It's very historic. Yeah, it's a little rundown in places, but overall, it's a rad place. I would live there absolutely in a heartbeat. It's really cool. Some really cool, historic, and awesome things in that neighborhood. Via Montezuma. The house was built in the year 1887 for Jesse Shepard, who was a world-traveling author, musician, and spiritualist. And he was gifted the property that the Via Montezuma got built on by William and John High, also known as the High Brothers. The High Brothers mostly knew Jesse Shepard through his spiritualist activities, and they offered to build him the house, the Via Montezuma, and they called it a Palace of the Arts. That was kind of their way of getting him to move to San Diego and bring his skills as an artist, a writer, a musician, and a spiritualist with him. In a way, it was to class up the area. Via Montezuma was built for $19,000, plus an additional $7,000 for the stained glass that is featured throughout the house. The home was completely free for Jesse Shepard. He just had to move in, host parties, hang out, be an artist, be a musician, be a spiritualist. Imagine that. The High Brothers felt that by gifting Shepard with a home the property, they essentially were luring him and his kind of notoriety to the area. Sherman Heights would explode with new real estate developments from all the people that wanted to move in to this very cool neighborhood anchored by Via Montezuma. And that way they would also make a lot of money. 
The home was completed in July of 1887. Then Jesse and his longtime companion Lawrence Tonner moved in and Shepard christened the mansion via Montezuma. There are two thoughts on why Jesse Shepard, who was born in England, would give the home a name like Via Montezuma. One is the fact that the mansion is located very close to Mexico, about 10 miles, actually. The other is that the house is named after the migrant ship that brought the very young Shepard to the United States from England when his family moved here, and that ship was named the Montezuma. So the home was kind of like a second chance for Jesse Shepard to settle in the United States as he was somewhat of a globetrotter prior to moving into Via Montezuma. He even stayed with Tsar Nicholas in St. Petersburg, Russia for a couple years prior to moving to San Diego. That's how much of a globetrotter he was. He led a very, very interesting life. Once Shepard settled into the mansion, the parties started. Seances, concerts, all kinds of soirees took place at the Via Montezuma between July of 1887 and the fall of 1888. Fall of 1888 is when Shepard and Tonner moved out of Via Montezuma to go to Paris, France, in order to further Jesse's writing career. Shepard mortgaged the home in order to pay for the journey to Paris, and his parents and sister moved into the mansion for a short time after he left. By 1889, the San Diego housing and development boom went bust, and there was no more money for artists, musicians, any of those types of folks in the San Diego area. So Shepard ended up not coming back to the house to live. He ended up selling it. He did give one final musical performance at a local church in 1889. That was when he kind of briefly came back from Europe to settle things at Via Montezuma. Then he and his companion Tonner left San Diego never to return. Worth noting is that while Shepard was living at Via Montezuma and in San Diego, he converted to Catholicism. And he swore off his spiritualist beliefs for what he saw as kind of a higher calling. Uh, I think we can thank Father Antonio Ubach, or Ubach for this transformation of Shepard's life as the two became great friends while Jesse lived in San Diego. Yeah, no more cool seances. And Jesse Shepard started writing about religious topics, uh, singing about and composing songs about the Lord, all that stuff. Boring. Yes, very boring. Via Montezuma went through several changes of ownership between the years of 1888 and 1968, when in 1968, several members of the San Diego Historical Society purchased Via Montezuma with the goal of turning the mansion into a museum. In 1970, Via Montezuma was designated a City of San Diego historical site, and in 1971, the City of San Diego took over ownership of the site. 1972 saw a restoration project of Via Montezuma, which was complete by November, and then the home was opened to the public as a museum, which is basically where it is today, a historical site and a museum. All right, now you've learned a small portion of the history of Via Montezuma, Let's get to know the band of this episode a little more at this time. Here's Jay, or Tampa Jay Wang, of San Diego's Come Closer to tell you a little bit about how the band came to be. A little history of the band that will be followed immediately by a song by the band Come Closer. The name of that song is Get It Wrong. Then I'm going to come back and we will talk about the good stuff, the hauntings of Via Montezuma. Please stay tuned. Uh, come Closer is a band. Now, it started off with 50 different names, 
basically uh Padilla kind of quit playing gene decided that he didn't want to play anymore and we really didn't want to do that band without him you know shallow cuts we were doing that and everybody just lives so far away and have other obligations and other bands and stuff so we weren't really touring or anything and just had tons of songs and riffs and stuff lined up so davy and i started jamming um just for fun for a while probably a good year and had written two albums worth of songs you know davy playing drums and um, just messing around and we demoed a bunch of stuff you know recording and the practice space and everything and then al wesner who's the a good friend of ours and uh, engineer in san diego that recorded all the early kind of lo-fi dampadia stuff um, he's good friends with chris prescott and for years he was like hey you should you should hook up with chris you guys would hit it off he lives close to you he has a studio it's just like eh, what a, you know and then i got it got to a point where i was like well i have these songs you know a bunch of songs that i did with davy a bunch of new songs that i was writing and i just was like all right i'm gonna hit him up hit him up and we like instantly hit it off you know hung out kind of checked out his space and realized real quick that we had very very similar interests in you know music and uh lifestyles you know he surfs and lives real close to me and uh, we just started spending time together and you know started recording some tracks and everything and then and then COVID hit yeah pretty pretty quickly into that and then that just kind of turned it into it a, like a recording project for the three of us you know uh, Davey and I had about half the songs you know Davey was playing drums on and then wrote the other half kind of during the whole thing and then you know just started recording at home and uh, Chris was working in his studio I would record stuff in my studio and then Davey was doing stuff at this house we kind of we're all running the stuff through Chris and he engineered everything and that's kind of how the whole thing happened and you know always wanted to play some a live show and stuff and just never really seemed right you know seemed seemed weird especially we're, we're all in the same spot with that and then finally found a place that felt safe to do it we did a show and it was fun you know we have about another album's worth of stuff we started working on so that's it
Welcome back, foolish mortals. Let's talk about the haunted aspect of Via Montezuma for a little bit. First of all, if you saw this house in person or even just a photo of Via Montezuma, it would be a very reasonable thing for you to say, oh yeah, that place is haunted. Via Montezuma looks like a haunted house. It really does. There might as well be a hearse parked out in front, one of those wooden signs you get made at the fair hanging over the front door that says, Welcome to the Adamses, you know, the Adams family. Got it? Okay. Cone-roofed towers with stained glass windows and dragon-shaped water spouts on the house. Dark windows, they kind of give the impression that something is looking back at you. That whole style of home, the late 19th century American Queen Anne style, to me just screams, this is a haunted mansion. Well, what are some of the things that have been said to happen late at night behind the closed doors of Via Montezuma? Like I mentioned earlier, Jesse Shepard was a spiritualist. He was a believer and a proponent of spiritualism when he moved into the house in 1887. What is spiritualism, you may be asking? The simple definition is this. Spiritualism is a religious movement based on the belief that the spirits of the dead exist and have both the ability and the inclination to communicate with the living. Spiritualism was hugely popular in the late 19th century in the United States and really kind of worldwide in the Western world, that is. Keep in mind, Shepard was not a spiritualist or an adherer of spiritualism when he moved out of Via Montezuma a year later. That might say something about what happened to him while he was in the house, I don't know. Uh, Being a spiritualist, Shepard did hold seances at Via Montezuma, and that was kind of a normal thing for people to do who were into the whole spiritualism craze of those days. During these seances, and sometimes even Shepard would hold seances by himself, people passing by the house claimed to hear full orchestras playing music, which would be accompanied by Jesse Shepard singing and playing the piano. Now, how did one person conjure up a full orchestra during those seances, it seems that Shepard himself believed he was channeling the spirits of famous composers such as Mozart, Beethoven, Chopin, and unrelated to music, sometimes he said he would channel the spirits of Shakespeare and Julius Caesar. I don't know. Maybe Shakespeare and Caesar played the drums. Everybody knows you don't need musical talent to play the drums. It's also said that people have heard a phantom piano playing solo in the dead of night when no one is around at Via Montezuma. Maybe Jesse Shepard stopping by to belt out a few tunes from beyond. Another unexplainable phenomenon that is supposed to take place in Via Montezuma deals with an image of the Flemish artist Paul Rubens. Not Paul Rubens, also known as Pee Wee Herman. This Paul Rubens was Peter Paul Rubens. He was a Flemish artist and diplomat who lived from 1577 till he died in 1640 in an area that is now known as Belgium. There's a stained glass window in Via Montezuma that depicts Peter Paul Rubens in all of his bearded glory, and it does kind of get weird with the beard. Rubens' beard is said to change from brown to gray as kind of the night goes by if you're in the house. It's almost as if the image is aging unnaturally. Hmm, very interesting. Another notable sighting of a possible spirit at Via Montezuma is this. People claim to have seen the figure of a man hanging by the neck from high up in one of the observatory towers in the home. 
Some have said it's a spirit of a butler who lived in the house and committed suicide by hanging himself while Jesse Shepard lived in the house. Some say it's a spirit of one of the despondent owners of Via Montezuma after Shepard had sold the home and moved on. There is supposedly a curse on this house. Most people who have lived in Via Montezuma experienced financial ruin soon after they moved in or at some point in their lives while they lived at the house. And that is actually a verifiable thing. Up until around 1909, in 1909, Frank and Georgia Lynch purchased the house and they owned it for around 40 years. Uh, Frank Lynch owned a lumber company in San Diego. That is the longest any individual or family have owned via Montezuma, by the way. I don't know. Maybe there is something to the curse. It could be. Supposedly, there is some very interesting things going on at Via Montezuma. Some other things are spectral images in the house's windows seen only from passersby outside of the house. There's a garden near the house in which nothing will grow. Anything planted dies. And many people that visit the house claim to have a very eerie and disquieting feeling once they enter the strange abode. Those are maybe indications of an otherworldly presence in Via Montezuma. Who knows? Well, what do you think? After you heard all that information about Via Montezuma, is it haunted? I personally really do think so. But for now, let's cut to Tampa Jay of Come Closer and see what he thinks about ghosts. Let's get some input from this episode's musical guest on the matter. I don't generally believe in ghosts or gods or the devil or anything like that but there's very i don't i wouldn't say a a spiritual person but i get my my fill out of things like being in the ocean you know that's kind of where i get any kind of enlightenment in that regard like surfing or nature but i definitely have you know i like i recall enjoying the concept especially you know coming from being young and i don't know you know we all have a very weird strange liking to being scared and you know why the, why and morbid stuff you know why do we do it and i just i recall loving like especially in summertime as um, kids being out sitting out in summer you know in florida in the neighborhood with all the kids and it getting dark you know but you're still allowed to be out before your parents call you in and sitting around and everybody telling the ghost stories and like so i I definitely have a place in my heart for it do i believe it no and i'm hoping i'm never proved wrong well turns out tampa j is a non-believer and that's okay i'm generally pretty skeptical myself Though I do think there's overwhelming eyewitness accounts to all the strange activity at this particular haunted mansion, and that makes me give it a rating of definitely haunted, I believe. Speaking of haunted mansions, though, did you hear anything familiar about some of the kind of strange phenomena that's said to take place in Via Montezuma? The Phantom Pianist, the image of the man in the stained glass window aging, uh, Peter Paul Rubens, that is. The hanging person high up in the tower, yes. That sounds very suspiciously like some of the scenes in Disneyland's Haunted Mansion to me, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's safe to say Disney's Imagineers might have gotten some inspiration from Via Montezuma. 
I have heard rumors of that in the past. I haven't ever confirmed anything, but I do know the Imagineers who designed the Haunted Mansion did research several real haunted houses all around the United States and the world while they were developing the ride. Maybe they heard stories about Via Montezuma and incorporated some of those elements into scenes in that ride. Okay, now that I got all the Disneyland stuff out of the way, let me ask you a question. You know, I already asked, do you think the place is haunted? I personally do. Do you think it's kind of scary haunted? Would you be willing to spend a night alone inside what I believe to be the very truly haunted and a little scary via Montezuma? As for me, no, I probably wouldn't. Not alone. I would go and spend the night with maybe a group of experienced paranormal investigators that have some background in bad hauntings, that kind of thing. You know, maybe some bad energies are in this house. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be there by myself overnight. No way. I think it'd be very cool to go with experienced paranormal investigator type people that also have a background in magic and protective magic to keep me safe. Well, why don't we ask Tampa J from Come Closer, would he stay in a haunted house by himself overnight, a real haunted house, completely by himself overnight, and what would he do? Here's Jay. Um, I'd probably try to party with some ghosts, I guess. That would be the definite, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing, right? I don't know. Well, it seems Jay would be okay being in a haunted house by himself overnight, thinking he would maybe party with the ghosts. There you go. That's actually pretty good advice in a way. As long as whatever is kind of causing the hauntings isn't evil in nature or demonic in nature, talk to the ghosts, try and communicate with them. You'll probably be fine. Good answer by Tampa J. Wang of Come Closer. I commend you, sir. And with that last question, this first edition of Haunted Harmonies is now coming to an untimely end. Keep in mind, future episodes of this type will all kind of have the same format. We're going to talk about a haunted place somewhere in the world. We'll get into a little history of that place, plus some information on the supposed paranormal goings on in those places. I'll bring a band in from the same area as a haunted place. I will ask them the exact same questions that I asked Jay in this one. Give me a little background on the band, kind of the band's history. Do you believe in ghosts? And finally, that last question, what would you do if you were in a real haunted house or location all by yourself and you were locked in for an entire night? Would you be scared or would you be like Jay and say, let's drink some beer and party? Well, there you go. Thank you to Tampa J. Wang of the band Come Closer for taking the time to talk to me for this episode of the Bobcast. I do appreciate it, Jay. Links to Come Closer and their Bandcamp site will be up on this episode's page of the Bobcast website, which is IWantAPartyWithBob.com slash podcasts. Thank you also to Good Life Digestive Health for sponsoring this episode of the Bobcast. You can find out more about Good Life Digestive Health on that same Bobcast webpage. Thank you for listening, of course. Please remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And also please consider joining the Bobcast Patreon for bonus and exclusive content. That Patreon site is patreon.com slash I Want to Party with Bob. Happy hauntings, and thank you so much for listening to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Yeah.
Yeah.